You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles, episode 104. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how life with less alcohol is more fun than you think. I work with high achievers who struggle to drink a glass of wine without it turning into two bottles. I'm the one they call when they want to take it or leave it. So if you want to change your relationship with alcohol that doesn't involve counting days sober, you're in the right place. Hello everybody, welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about drinking normally. Ooh, this is good. But first, do not forget, I have a Black Friday special running. It is limited and it is closing down this week. After that, pricing will revert to normal. So, if you want to end your struggle with drinking, if you want to be done with this, right? if you just want to be done so you can live your life without worrying what's in your glass and you want to save money at the same time, you just have a couple of days left to act. Right, let's get on with today's show. So I want to start by reflecting back on my school days. Yes, I want to go back all those years ago. Now, when I was at school, I was rather shy, right? I didn't want to stand out. And for this reason, I really rather liked school uniform. I went to school in England and we had school uniforms all the way through my school years. And to the extent that I liked not standing out, even on school trips, I would coordinate with my friends as to what we were wearing. Were we wearing skirts? Were we wearing jeans? Were we wearing this? Were we wearing that? In fact, one time, this one occasion, my friend and I, we wore the exact same thing, right? Same t-shirt, same logo, same skirt, I mean, same everything, right? Of course, the irony is that by doing that, we actually stood out more, but then maybe you're 14, you know, you're not the smartest of creatures. Now, this was all partly down to my age, right? It was maybe shy. I was a little shyer when I was younger. But it's partly down to how we're wired. We are pack animals. We want acceptance. We want a group acceptance. We don't want to be ostracized because in the olden days, that would have meant near certain death, right? It's you against the world. You'd have to fend for yourself. Whereas when you're with other humans, you can be sharing the responsibility of finding fire and warmth and food and safety and all those good things. Okay, so that was me when I was younger. And now fast forward a few years, just say, and there's me not really wanting to carry on drinking the wine. This is where I found myself, but also not wanting to speak up about this because I didn't want to stand out from the crowd. Right? Maybe you can resonate with that. It was an awkward position. I think at the base of it, there was a worry about how this made me feel, right? How I was feeling that I wasn't normal, right? Because I looked up and everyone around me, well, pretty much everyone around me was drinking. They seemed to have no problem with it. Even those who were maybe drinking what I might have thought was too much or were drinking even more than me, or at least as much as me, they just didn't seem to have an issue with it, right? Is what they did. And what happened was every time I said I wanted to cut back, I sort of opened my mouth and said, I'm not going to drink so much. I'd say, well, what's wrong? We know we always drink. What's the problem with a few drinks? And then there would be this killer phrase that would get reeled out, right? What are you on about? It's not as though you're on a park bench. 
swigging from a bottle in a brown paper bag. What are you making so much fuss about? Now, the park bench thing was true, of course. And, you know, I really knew at that point, even when I was really at the point where I didn't like what I was doing, you know, I didn't have some massive addiction problem. I needed to go and get medical intervention. None of that resonated. And yet it still didn't feel quite right. And there was another angle on this at the time that I felt most keenly. I was a high achiever. I knew I was. I'd worked hard for it. I was a vice president at a Fortune 500 company. I had a P&L, profit and loss, for my division that was $65 million. I had hundreds of people working in my division. I had three children. I had a lovely husband. I had all the rest of it. I had a lovely life. None of those things had been handed to me on a plate. I had worked for it all. How had I done that? Well, by establishing goals and working towards those goals, then achieving those goals before starting the whole thing all over again with a new set of goals. But somehow that approach wasn't working when it came to the wine. I could have a temporary effect, right? I could do some some planning and talk to myself and temporarily have a positive impact. I could go alcohol free for a couple of days. I mean, I had done it all the way through my pregnancies. No sweat, right? No difficulty. And even after I'd had the children, I could drink less now and then. I certainly could. If I was going to be the driver, yeah. There's no question I could go out and have a an evening and not I would never drink and drive, right? I just wouldn't. It's a line I wouldn't cross. But then there were other times when there weren't these what I might call compelling reasons, when I said, oh, you know, let's, we're going to stay out over for the, for, we're going to find a hotel, right? Because I would want to drink. I didn't want to drink and drive. And I didn't want to say to my husband what he should do. And, but I just, you know, of course I want to drink. I mean, I don't want to go and have to suffer or get through this event and not drink. So we'd stay overnight and sometimes quite close to where we lived and it all felt like a bit of a waste and it was all a bit miserable and looking ahead to my future I couldn't imagine this being the way I was going to live was going to do things for the rest of my life even though this had been the way things had been going and getting maybe steadily worse for the last 10 years or so maybe even a little longer Right. So this was very confusing. This this again set against this backdrop of I'm a capable person. I can set a goal and I can achieve it. Why can't I do this? Why can't I just be normal for once? I would think that a lot. Now, before I talk about this desire to be normal and whatever that means, I want to just look at what normal is deigned to mean in this context. Right? It's normal. So it seems when we look around us that we should be able to consume a substance that is known to be addictive we should it's normal to be able to consume that thing and not have any issue with it i just want you to think about that it is bananas it's like saying you're an arsenicaholic if you can't hold your arsenic like there's something wrong with you if you can't smoke 
without feeling like you're addicted. Why, why can't you just be a social smoker, right? But it's the reverse reality with alcohol. It's viewed to be totally normal to be able to do the addictive thing and not normal if you somehow don't want that thing or if you somehow have any kind of struggle with it, right? If you, if there is a smoker and they want to uh, give up, it's kind of, you know, there's, there's some acceptance that that might be difficult. And of course, that's why we, whoever we is, why, why we don't smoke. But with alcohol, it's the reverse, it's accepted as normal to do the drinking and you're the weirdo if you don't want to do that, if you want to stop the drinking. So no wonder we have this as a baseline, I just want to feel normal. Because we currently feel that we're coming up short, that we're not showing up as the best version of ourselves. Now, aside from the pack animal thing that I spoke about just now and the human desire to fit in, Let's look at the broader view of wanting to be normal. How does that show up in other areas of your life? And we're not talking run-of-the-mill life here, right? We're talking about this as a goal. So when people say they most want to be able to drink normally, right? They say that as a goal. I just want to be normal. And I said it so many times, more times than I care to mention. And so I totally get this. But let's do a little evaluation here. So we're going to talk maybe first about cars, right? Do you want to drive a normal car? What even is a normal car? Typically, people want to drive a car that has certain characteristics, maybe of a certain mileage. Maybe they want to have one that's petrol or maybe electric, or they have a particular style that they want, a particular brand, a particular mark, or maybe it's the colour. Right? I can well see me being swayed into buying a red car. Now, that might sound ridiculous and I wouldn't that wouldn't be my only buying criterion, but for sure, if there was a red car and a white car, I would veer towards the red. I love all things red. Talk about hairstyles. Do you go into the hair salon and ask for a normal hairstyle? Maybe you don't go for the punk rock look, but you're probably going to go in for a style that may be easy to maintain, which frames your face better, which gives you a bit of a change, or maybe it's just something you saw in the magazine. You do not go in and say, please cut my hair, hair to look normal. Let's look at relationships. Do you look for a normal man or a normal woman in your relationship? No. We look for romance or we look for someone we have stuff in common with or we look for someone who's going to sweep us off our feet or maybe we look for adventure. Even if it's you know a, a relationship for a day or we're looking for, for the rest of our lives. You don't go in saying, I just want someone who's pretty normal. So that isn't something that we typically aim for in our life in really many, many areas of our lives. So if you're sitting there thinking, as I used to, I want to drink normally, I want you to think about what that actually means. And this is important because the habit shows up differently for all of us. There is not one standard answer. Some people drink more for fun, others mainly when they're at home. Some only want to drink when they're out. Others may want to only drink if they decide they're going to do it in advance. Others typically maybe 
drink in response to feeling bad. I mean, it, it shows up in all sorts of different ways. It's individualized. It's very personalized. And this is why I think one-on-one -on -one coaching is just really the bee's knees when it comes to creating solutions because the solutions are absolutely tailored to fit the person. It's a bit like a made-for-measure clothing before off-the-peg became a thing, right? We had sharp suits rather than ill-fitting mass-market garments. So really, again, I ask, what is normal? I want you to ask this for yourself. What I think it actually means is that we want to feel in control and we don't want to feel like we're reacting to the alcohol habit. We want to feel like this. there isn't this other side to us right? that doesn't know how to stop and that constantly has us drinking behind our own backs. Right? We don't want to feel like we've got this other side where we don't trust ourselves, even though we trust ourselves in all other areas of our lives. Now, one of the things that I say again and again is that changing how you drink, changing your relationship with alcohol is simple. And if you listened to the podcast last week where Emma was on talking about this, she actually said that at the end. She said she was, and she had said she had been surprised as to how simple the process was that we went through. Simple is good. Really all it takes is learning how to decide in advance what you're gonna drink and to drink just that and to tackle the cravings like a boss as you go. Again and again, I mean, really, that is it. Now, this is easier said than done, you might be thinking. Yes, it is, like with anything. If you watch an expert do their thing, they're gonna make it look easy. I mean, look at ice skaters, right? ice skaters gliding along, right? Rather than the few times I've been on the ice looking like Bambi gone wrong. Learning to drink differently is the same. It is a skill. You are not an expert drinker right now. You just need to learn some techniques to become skilled at not drinking too much and then to practice it a lot. It might feel hard at times, but feeling like a struggle is optional because when we talk about struggle, it's because we're having some thoughts about ourselves. I shouldn't struggle with this. I shouldn't have got myself into such a negative position. I should know better by now. Judge, 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 whip, whip, whip. You can either think this means that something has gone wrong with you. Why can't I just drink normally? For instance, that's what you might think there. Or you can make it mean, aha, there is something I need to learn here. Maybe not everybody needs to learn this lesson here, but I do, right? Remember, this is a personalized thing. And just like if you were learning to ice skate, there's clearly going to be a way to understand how to glide. Right? You just don't know it yet. It's the same with the drinking. You just don't know how to go into a bar and order just one glass of wine and be perfectly content with that because you don't yet understand how desire and cravings work. It doesn't mean, though, that you never will. What I find time and again is that we just want to feel better. We don't want to feel so out of control, so hopeless, so helpless. We know we were not put on this earth to drink. We want to be able to go out and do amazing things. We want to be able to read more books instead of rereading those same passages over and over. We do want to be able to have to focus on a side hustle and maybe turn it into a new career. We want to be a more attentive parent. We don't have on our list of accomplishments, I want to drink normally. Right, think about it. If you're writing your list, this is my bucket list. 
It's not on there typically, at least not before you realize, you know, that this is this is a struggle. So rather than wanting to be normal, I want you to ask yourself, what do I really want? I want you to start there with what you really, really want. Could be a secret thing that you never tell anyone, but I want you to picture it. Maybe if you enjoy writing, you want to be a best-selling author. Maybe it could be that you want to go off and just leave everything behind for a year and travel around the world. Whatever it is that you really want, really want, even if it's something that you might think is maybe more realistic, you want to be the best parent that you can be. Is the person who does that thing, who's capable of that, are they normal? No, far from it. So rather than fretting why you're not normal, I want you to see yourself as the person who could do that thing. Who would write the book? Who would be the most attentive parent? Who would start a business? Who would use all her free time that she's now no longer drinking to volunteer and get involved in the local community? All that is open to you. And the key that I see which unlocks this potential is changing our relationship with alcohol. Truly, this is one of the wildest, one of the most rewarding aspects of my job. It's when you go for it. Because when you decide you're going to change the way you drink, you are going to become the person who can take it or leave it. You are going to become the person who doesn't think they need wine to have a good time. And all of this, by the way, all starts the moment, I see this in my clients, the moment they decide to work with me because it's a shift in their self-concept. When this happens, what happens is you start to create a new relationship with yourself. You start to believe even a tiny little bit. You will see that you are capable and you will become a whole new incarnation of yourself. And then you're going to do those other things, those things that today are at best wishful thinking through a blurry mind. I cannot stress this enough. When you learn the skill of drinking less, it will feel like a miracle. There is no other word for it. It is not a miracle in the sense of it is out of reach and um, understood, not understood. It is very simple, but it is amazing. It is something that will give you joy every single day of your life. It's going to be something you're going to say, look, mum, no hands. Look at me. Look at what I can do. You will be unstoppable at that point. And yes, you will end up feeling like you are drinking normally without having aimed for the average or without having aimed for the normal. Thank you for listening. Please do go and rate and review my podcast and share it with someone you love. This helps to get the podcast more widely known. And if what I teach here resonates with you, you can start changing your relationship with alcohol today. Download my free video course, Three Key Things to Get Your Drinking Under Control. To do this, you just got to go to 90dayslater.co forward slash three things. That is the number three things or one word. And I will see you next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co 
And if you did enjoy the show, really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.